And that's how the theme song goes. Hi. Hey there. Hey there. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to the Constitutionals podcast episode uh, 30. <laughs> if you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpostcomedy.com. Yeah, guess what? That's a website. Go there. You'll hear about it in the plugs. But let's get right to it, guys. I, I got I got a, a job interview later on today. Very excited. Hopefully I get this. Make some cashews and leave the state of Georgia and never come back <laughs> at some point. Uh, so, so yeah, I got that going on for me. That's pretty much it. I'm in this weird gestating, gestating period where I am on the last week of one of my current jobs and, uh, the other job is still going strong. And then, uh, now I got, well, they're both part-time. And then, uh, then I got this, uh, new job. Hopefully, you know, it's a little bit slower, a little bit more boring, but you know, stable and I can pay bills. So hopefully something good comes of that, but let's get right into it. Okay. So, uh, I want to get. I want to hurry up and rush through these small auxiliary topics. Okay, so uh, last week was a premiere. No, was it last week or the week before? Anyway, one of these weeks was a premiere of Joker's Wild, Snoop Dogg's Joker's Wild. That's a that's a remake of a show. It's supposed to be a comedy show, comedy game show, and uh, now Snoop Dogg is hosting it. and He puts his own little weed spin on it. Jesus. Every every if you don't get what I'm saying, every other thing he says is something about weed, and it's really annoying. So anyway, uh, so the show is harmless enough. It's got some the the lady, one of the ladies from I guess a, a daytime talk show, The Real. I think that's what it was. Uh, let me I should actually look this up. <laughs> Joker's Wild, but it's it's and so two contestants come on. They they have the the co-hosts spin the wheel, and then. The, they have to they get a chance to answer some questions from one of these many categories so and then sometimes there can be famous people asking the questions but over video so and i assume this is shot in la so anyway so now this new show snoop dog presents joker's wild uh, it's 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 got it's got snoopy and it's on tbs i'm trying to find who this woman is who is his coworker? who the coworker? who's <laughs> Who's his co-host? His co-worker. Uh, his co-host is, why is it not on IMDb? It's Jenny Mai, who just recently had a divorce, according to her Instagram. Not that I snooped, <laughs> but I did. Anyway, and uh, so so now we have Snoop Dogg kind of in this in this host category. And so now I, I, th- I think he's doing a fine job. It's It's okay. It's not the greatest series in the world, but... I never really expected it to have that type of quality about itself. So it's a it's a fine show. Watch it or don't doesn't matter. I mean, I probably won't watch another episode ever again. <laughs> but that first episode had one of the most gung ho. I understand that to be on a show, you gotta have a type of personality. <laughs> so you're either wild and crazy, or you're you've got some type of strange attraction attractive charm to yourself so one of the contestants was way too into it uh, for a 22 minute show so i need you to calm down there boy uh, and then after that uh, tbs also this is on the same night on tuesday nights 10, 10 o'clock 10 30 right in 2017 <laughs> fall 2017 we got drop the mic following that drop the mic it was created by jensen carp uh, rapper slash comedian I think he's more of a comedian podcaster now than he was a rapper, but he do, he does know a lot about music. He and he's he worked on the what's it what's that what's that show the late show the late late show with James Corden and that's and this is a spinoff of that show. This is another spinoff of that show. Jesus, James Corden has really he's revamped the late late show into something that can be 
put out there. And so now, uh, so now we've got, we've got drop the mic. Now we've got, uh, uh, what is that show on spike? The paramount network. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next few months, paramount network. What is that show with that? Jimmy Fallon created lip sync battle. So lip sync battle. We got that. We got drop the mic, except drop the mic is going to be, is a wholly original lip sync battle is just people lip syncing over these songs. So got both of those shows. I th- I have not seen Drop the Mic. The second episode comes on tomorrow night. Tonight, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. Today's Monday. Tomorrow. So tonight. So tonight. The the day this episode comes out, comes on tonight. I don't know who's on it. I don't care who's on it. I actually thought about checking, but I'm not. It doesn't matter. And and I I assume it's gonna be just like the Drop the Mics on the Late Late Show. It's just gonna be James, not James Corden. It's gonna be famous people like niece. I know the promos. I whenever I watch Conan, I see the promos. I watch Conan every week, oh, every day in my life. He's such, such a great guy. Uh, the promos had Niecy Nash and C- uh, Cedric the Entertainer. So there's one pairing. And then and then Cedric said something about Niecy not being famous enough. And I thought, really, Cedric? She's definitely up there right now. Uh, and uh, I guess, I don't know. They're going to have other people. <laughs> Let's. I might as well just check. Drop the... And apparently, there's a lot like there's a lot of writers in that show. Just like there are, and I know. Oh, I think um, I shouldn't ta- I shouldn't tap on the table. I should not do that. Who uh, who is on? There's a comedian. There's a, a female comedian who writes. Who I know writes on that show. Anyway, so Rob Gronkowski is gonna uh, battled um, Gina Rodriguez, and I guess those are. I mean, that's a strange. I don't know. I would choose if I was gonna choose Gina Rodriguez. I would go with Rachel Bloom. <laughs> You know, they're both on CW. They both have similar shows, and you can make fun of those shows. Haley Baldwin's a co-host. Method Man hosts it, which is great. So, uh, Anthony Anderson, Halle Berry, James Corden performed, of course, and Usher was on there. This is all IMDb telling me. Josh Silverstein, I think. Uh, okay. And, God, this is Eliza Skinner. That's who it was. Eliza Skinner is on that show, writing on that show, I, I believe. I don't know if she's still there. But when I was listening to her on Never Not Funny, the podcast, she was. She mentioned working on that show. So there we go. And that show, I guess, is already out, has started. I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? None of this matters. None of this matters anymore. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm very mad about, uh, you know what? Let's just move on to, uh, uh, okay, what does it say? I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I've, I know I've said this in episodes before. I have notes. Uh, I got notes that I write down throughout the week of things I want to talk about. And so I'm looking at my notes right now and I'm trying to double up. Oh, let me, I, I was writing. So this is what happens. I, I typically write for news time. I get an idea pretty much either the week of or a couple of weeks before, or maybe the day of that. I write the news time script. And I usually write it on a Thursday day and then I, uh, <laughs> I edit it and do all that stuff. And then Thursday night I shoot it. Because I can't do it on Friday mornings because the sun is too bright. So maybe I mean since we turned the hour back, since it turned the clock back, maybe I could be able to do it. anyway. So so I sh- I <laughs> I have I have this I have the episode usually shot and done on Thursday night, and I got word of a story. It was about anyway. I always get words of stories, and I always and, and so anyway, I start writing. I started writing this past Thursday, the news time that is supposed to come out this coming that I'm shooting this coming Thursday for next Monday. And I started <laughs> and I, uh, I thought it was going to, I thought the event was happening on Saturday. This is why I'm writing. I'm writing about an event. 
Uh, and then I thought, uh, then I then I kept checking, and I said, no, it's not. And then I had, so now I have half of this news time written, and I had to start over after spending about maybe 20, 30 minutes on one news time to write another news time. Very strange. Doesn't matter. All right, I'm looking at my, <laughs> now I'm looking at my notes. It says, um, oh, oh, okay. No, I don't know what that means. All right, here's what my notes say. It says, saving movie slash sports slash concert tickets and remembering the people you were with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay i know what this is all right so a very long time ago several years ago i think maybe freshman year in high school maybe sophomore year i don't know if the years anyway I don't, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i i started saving sports tickets and um, movie tickets and concert tickets this may this means nothing to nobody but i put them in this metal container that used to house a watch that i used to have I wonder what happened to that watch i probably threw it away because it was a a, a watch that wasn't nice, a good watch. So anyway, so every movie I've gone to, every concert, every sporting event I've ever gone to in the past, that was about 10 years ago, 10 years, wow, 10 years, I have saved, not recycled, not thrown away, saved, and put them in this thing. Even when I was at school and I didn't have the metal thing with me, I put them in a bag, I believe, like a clear plastic bag, and I saved them. <laughs> And so I, so I, now I have all of these, uh, different uh, tickets and stuff. And I eventually, what I'm planning on doing is getting a big white poster board and I'm just going to tape them and glue them on there. And just, they'll just be like my, my memory, my memory screen or whatever. So I don't know why I'm going to do that, but it's been 10 years. So I should probably start <laughs> getting on that right now. Cause I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's going to be, I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to do it for anyway. So I was looking through it. And I saw a bunch of tickets for movie, like just the Dark Knight Rises, the Dark Knight, the, the same series. <laughs> I looked at myself, the same series. Uh, toy, I, there was one I took my friend. It was one of the first ones. My friend and I went to see Toy Story 3 with uh, a couple of girls. And he was trying to date one of those girls. And I, was, I said, all right, dude, let's do this. So I had, our, I had my mom drive us and she dropped us off. And we went to this Toy Story 3 at Merchant's Walk. And I still have the ticket. I know this is real. We saw on a Saturday night, I think at 725, Toy Story 3. And he sat next to this girl and he really liked her. I think she was a couple years younger than us. Uh, or a year younger than us. A couple years. She'd be like 7th or 8th grade at that time. <laughs> uh, so she was a year younger than us. And, uh, and long story short, they're married now. It's very true. Was not invited to the wedding. <laughs> It's also very true. And this is what spurred this topic. I saw this ticket and I was filled with rage because they did. They were, this is a highly publicized wedding on Instagram and Facebook. They did not invite me and I set them up. I did that. How dare they? And I sent the ticket. I've sent a picture of the ticket to a, to a couple of friends. And I said, this is the night I have proof. <laughs> I I'm so mad. They could have at least acknowledged me just in their vows. Just man, I'm glad Chad was set us up. And ah, uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm glad they're happy. Whatever, dorks. Uh, one day they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna see me on television. They're gonna go, oh my god, he did invite us to a wedding. <laughs> I'm gonna tell this story on Conan. <laughs> so dumb. Okay. So anyway, that that that's what spurred it. So. There we go. There's there's that story. But I just know that if we've ever gone somewhere together that involved a ticket 
or something. I do have the playbill from the King and I, so I might just rip off the front page to that. I think I, uh, yeah, yeah, I do have the playbill, but I, I definitely do not have the ticket cause I got that on SeatGeek and I will, meh, maybe I'll print off this, the tickets for the other SeatGeek stuff. I got like the Mr. Wives and Father John Misty. Still a great deal on that ticket, ten dollars, and then like the the week of it was fifty, sixty bucks. So I saved a lot of money on Father John Missy. Had a good time, had a great time. Okay, moving on. Okay, so here's the final story, and I really need to hurry this up because I gotta leave for this interview. <laughs> um, all right, so I hate to get a little bit somber, but this is just what happens in this industry. Uh, so there was a study that came out recently in the uh, past the past week, I guess, obviously. And uh, th- thank you to Meg Wright of Split Cider. Uh, reading that great website is also, I, I do borrow some of the news from there, I, but I use their sources, whatever. Uh, and uh, But this is one of the great stories they had. Uh, a new study finds, this is from Meg Wright on Split Cider. New study finds that only 4.8% of TV writers are black. And that is, it's kind of, Dishearten it's not kind of it's very disheartening to somebody like me or just any other person out there, uh, Hispanic, uh, Muslim, uh, not I was gonna say Jewish, but then I realized they run the entertainment industry. <laughs> oh, Jesus, please hire me. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it's just it's 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 some it's something that really is not talked about often. You do have shows that just hired females just outright and uh and people of color and stuff like that but it's just but when you look so here are the parameters of the story i've done it on news time so if you watch news time you can get a a, a bit dumbed down version of this but i'm going to get uh, i'm going to get a little bit uh, high high class for you guys so the report is uh, produced by color of change and uh and um darno hunt of ucla he is an african-american studies He's a professor, social, and he does he does a lot of stuff. And so the the report is called. If you want to look this up, uh, double check my numbers. Race in the writers' room. But even though I was the one who not did this, race in the writers' room. How Hollywood's white how Hollywood whitewashes the stories that shape America. And so uh, so here's here's the rundown of what was found out. Ninety one percent of the showrunners are white. Showrunners are people who are essentially managers. Imagine your your manager, and then. Uh, that person has creative control over the show and not directing it, but directing the direction in which it goes is directed and everything. So 91% of showrunners are right. White 5.1% of showrunners are black. 3.9% of showrunners are other people of color. 80% of the showrunners are men. 86% of the writers are white. 4.8% of the writers are black. 65.4% of the shows have no black writers. 69.1% of the shows with white showrunners have no black writers. 100% of shows with black showrunners have multiple white writers. 66.6% of shows with black showrunners have five or more black writers. And then here's a kicker. Here the last these last four are just they they blow my mind. Uh, with and these are and these are networks that have shows that have a lot of a lot of diverse cast members, a lot of diverse just regular producers. So here we go. AMC, TBS, and TNT have no women showrunners and no people of color showrunners. AMC, Showtime, and TBS have uh, shows have zero or one black writer total. Ninety-two percent of CBS shows have zero or one black showwriter, and Hulu has no black writers. Okay, so let that sink in for a little bit. This study 
really he's reiterating and it really brings the light that there is a diversity issue in in the entertainment industry and it's not just women it's not just with blacks it's with everybody who's not a white guy a white dude uh, and now i'm looking at these numbers again uh netflix netflix cbs amazon the cw 90 percent of their shows have zero or one black writer and that's insane. Netflix is this is the thing that's supposed to save television, and they just like MoviePass is supposed to save movies. Uh, Netflix is is producing what uh, between seven and twelve billion hours worth of uh, crap within the next year. So uh, I don't understand how you can have so many shows and then not have anyone who can be a good representation for a, a segment of people, it, it just it, it blows my mind. Netflix has more shows that are on it than any network, any cable network, any broadcast network that are currently on combined. It, it doesn't make sense to me, and I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I get the CW, <laughs> but, the, but listen here, the CW... They only sampled 15 shows for CW. Uh, they have two women writers, two plus women writers, two plus non-black people of color writers, two black writers, and zero black showrunners. I uh, with with their female first shows, I don't understand how this is possible. So I guess that means that all of these new shows like Valor, uh, I guess Jane the Virgin, old shows like Jane the Virgin, Supergirl, and uh, crazy ex-girlfriend i don't see i think that's where they got this is so strange because i don't understand how you can have these numbers with these female first shows like uh, crazy ex-girlfriend should just turn the tide for the cw but i don't know if they even counted that counted that and then cbs shows have two plus women writers two plus non-black people of color writers two black writers and zero black showrunners it is just i don't understand it's a <laughs> and uh, a lot of these networks, a lot of these shows uh, are on the networks are shows, like I said, for CW, female first. Uh, and then you've got some shows on like the Detroiters on Comedy Central, Detroiters. And uh, I, well, I guess if Key and Peele was still on, but uh, I can't I can't think of any other. The the Daily Show, Trevor Noah's black. The Nightly Show, when it was on, it would definitely turn the tide. And speaking of Nightly Show, when that went away, we lost four black women showrunners, which, uh, not showrunners, writers, which is insane how they, and there are only eight women, women of color. All right. So that means any other race, any race, period, that's not white. Eight women of color that were writers in late night out of 155. And this was done last year, September 2016. So please. Those are those numbers for that time. They might have changed, but they they're not changed drastically. And that and if you look if you take a look at the writers for the Colbert Show for not the Colbert Show for the Late Show, which is the Colbert Show, Stephen brought along all of his writers from the Colbert Show, who were even then fifty year old white men and one or two women. I it's just it's it's insane. All right, so now let's get let's get, take a look at this. So for the Netflix shows they they examined they did they looked at thirty six shows. That is the most shows. Out of everybody. All right. So they took a look at 36 shows. Okay. That's uh, okay. Let's keep going. So they have 30 white showrunners and 26 men showrunners. All right. For CBS, same thing 25 white showrunners, 21 men showrunners. ABC, 18 and 14. Uh, Amazon, 15 and 9. CBS, uh, Fox, 21, 19. HBO, 13, 11. It, uh, it's it, it's it's mind-boggling. It's crazy. 
and and then and then uh, another thing these diversities a lot of times if you are an entertainment person you will see something called a diversity slot like nbc used to do this they don't do it anymore uh, they're opening up diversity slots for young creative people like me who are basically unmanaged or but they usually end up going with people who are who have been man, who have managers it doesn't make sense to me but they uh they'll pick up people who are uh colored people of color uh and uh, or women and they give them these these spots in these shows allow them to write and then now what we're learning is that these diversity slots don't go anywhere so here's what meg Wright writes the study also argues that Shows using so-called diversity slots to hire black writers is a failed approach since the writers are often passed over for staff jobs later when another cheaper diversity hire can take their place instead. So you're essentially, if you get this slot, if you win, quote unquote, win this slot uh, in a contest or something, then that's how that's how it usually is. It's either a contest, you know, you get a diversity slot to to intern on the 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 Tonight Show, uh, or or get a diversity slot to uh, go on HBO's Green Room. I think that's what that show is called, and I don't I've never watched that, so I know that show's over, and I know a lot of those people don't exist. So, um, so uh, so basically, you you have these diversity slots for nothing. You're you're thrown away like a used razor. Your safety razor. You, you're shaved with a couple times, and then they say, "Hey, we got this other guy coming in, and who boy is he a good writer?" And they'll do, they'll do the exact same person, the exact same thing to them. So then uh, she continues to write. The study refers to this approach as by white showrunners as temporary window dressing to mask what would otherwise be racially homogenous rooms. Uh, it's, 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 and it's just hearing, hearing stuff like that just does not make anyone should not make anyone feel good. Um, it's just, it sucks. It blows and there's nothing to do about it. I'm not saying just hire. Oh, and another thing that uh, when these people, these shows with, with, uh, stereotypical black characters and, uh, and, and, and all these characters, basically essentially characters that aren't what a real person of color would act like you know they're they're you know just big thuggish cartoonish people in a in a grounded comedy then those shows typically have a majority or all white writers room so yeah i mean that's i mean it's it's kind of like the i know hari kandabanlu is uh, i don't know if i pronounced his last name right is working on a documentary about apu from the simpsons and it's done by hank azari hank azari is a white guy he's been he's been doing this for 30 years uh and how how apu is essentially a caricature of an the indian faith and it's just kind of it's kind of embarrassing not kind of it's very embarrassing so so we have that to contend with um but it's just it's something that it's it's not this is not a good look for television for 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 you and then I guarantee we'll hear networks want it like there'll be a story if you follow the entertainment news uh, deeply you'll hear you hear a story on this is broken by the Hollywood Reporter by the way so they got this so Hollywood Reporter uh, had interviewed Rashad Robinson of Color of Change and uh, Darnell Hunt from UCLA and they talked about this stuff but. We're going to hear from the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline and Variety and The Wrap. And it's, and it's going to be uh, now now Hulu is looking for 
uh, younger, uh, darker writers and uh, show creators and blah, blah, blah. And then those shows aren't really going to be made. I mean, you can say you're doing these things, but there's not going to be there's going to be a point where people are going to start calling you on it. And you're going to I mean, Hulu has difficult people and the handmaid's tale i know i understand they only have a handful of shows but a show like difficult people that's supposed to represent uh everybody that julie klausner just the you know women and gays and uh and that's, that's basically who it is so i assume that's where the majority of their diversity comes from but i don't know it's just this is so dumb i don't know why we're still doing this it doesn't make sense i mean there are i i can name 10 different young comedians out there who should have their own uh, show, who should be working a lot more, and they're not. And they're just sitting on podcasts, not, 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 not talking about myself. They're sitting on podcasts, uh, not wasting away. They're sitting, on, they're sitting in shows from canceled streaming networks from NBC. Uh, <laughs> I'm really leaning into one area. So there's, there's you know, Carl Tart and Tawny Newsome. Uh, I tweeted... Uh, Jordan Black, I tweeted uh, Kulap Bulaisak, who uh, I was trying to say they, they a long time ago when CISO was told to be dead um, and it did die. <laughs> Kulap and everybody there started at not everybody, there, everybody at Bajillion Dollar Properties started a hashtag called hashtag uh, by Bajillion or or by Jillian. <laughs> Why did I make it two words uh, by Jillian? Anyway, long story short, I I started I tweeted Hulu, after finding this out, uh, why don't you? I tweeted Hulu, Tawny Newsom, and Kulap Vilaisak, who are two of those people are part of those part of the show. Uh, but Hulu, I said, get this person of color. It's that that's not verbatim what I said, but get this person of color, and so you can finally have a person of darker skin tone doing this stuff. Kulap is from Laos, she's Laotian. I understand why how how you can still be in this day and age and not have just buy the show Hulu you have money you're made up of three different networks and I don't know where the money comes from obviously ads but just buy the show it doesn't make sense to me yeah so anyway I, I, hopefully we can get to a point where this isn't an issue anymore but it still is you know if Ava, uh, if Ava DuVernay was the first woman to helm a or was that Patty Jenkins? Patty Jenkins was the first woman. That, no, no, Ava DuVernay, because she got the Disney movie. Uh, wh- I don't know. Ava DuVernay and Patty Jenkins, first women to helm these multi, triple number, <laughs> triple number. Uh, these uh, let me let me correct myself before I make it of make an idiot. Uh, which I do it all the time. Ava DuVernay is Ava DuVernay a lesbian? I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and every duvet is in the news all the time always a wrinkle in time that's what i was talking about yes she's the first one to helm a, a live action film with a budget of a hundred million dollars or more so uh, and then patty jenkins was the first woman to have a movie to, to gross a lot of money <laughs> but Ava duvet is in. i'm gonna stop saying her name she's in the news all the time and so is patty jenkins talking about the now I'm looking at this uh, article from people from three days ago called the lack of di- directors who are women and people of color is intentional. And so uh, I know we have, we have all of these different, we have all of these different avenues. We got YouTube, we got 
crackle, everything from YouTube to crackle to Netflix to to still on cable TV to whatever uh, to to uh, CBS's streaming service. We have all these different things. And every time we always land on the same exact thing, uh, which is. Hire some uh, white guy that went to Harvard or some uh, uh, some some Jewish guy who knows Stephen Colbert and they get the job and that's it. And I, it just doesn't make sense to me how we can still how we can we, we can't sustain. Obviously, we can't sustain something like this because people want different voices. You're they're eventually going to want the uh, Zeke Nicholson's. And I was trying to remember his name was a long time ago. So they're trying to they want the Zeke Nicholson's. They want the Cameron Esposito's. Uh, I'll get off people who are also not on Take My Wife. They want the Drew Tarvers. Uh, no, wait, he's a white guy. Why did I do that? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Uh, but they want the Kulops, the Kulop Eli Sox. They want the Reggie Watts. They want everybody who's not part of the norm. So we can all we can make it the norm, and then we can move along and do and make these great things. You know? Anyway. No, it's really it really pisses me off, and it just doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't understand. This is why I like, I like, this is why I love full frontal. Full frontal is probably my favorite late night show right now. Uh, Sam B they did a, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before after 30 episodes. Of course I have. They've done, they, they do blind hiring. They did blind hiring. So, uh, what that means is people send in their resumes. I assume (laughs) the resume for a TV show They send in their resumes and their pitches and a whole packet. uh, Yeah. They send in the whole packet with jokes and, and head and, uh, you know, topical stuff like that. And, and then they're able to pick from that, you know, without their names on it, without their addresses, without their credits and stuff like that. And then they chose their their staff and cast from there. So they got Ashley Nicole Black. They got uh, other people whose names I don't know. They got the British chick from the, what's that show on the BBC? I guess it's over now. Anyway, doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense to me. <sighs> anyway, we've gone over time and I got to get ready for this interview. Wish me luck. And <laughs> I'm going to end the show right now with. If you like this show, oh, uh, okay. And (laughs) favorite comedians of all time. I gotta, I can't do this person right now. I'll do this person next week. Uh, I will think of somebody else. I will say, you know what? I'm going to go with Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes is a hilarious woman. Did I do Wanda Sykes already? Oh, jeez. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, let's go. I'll go with Reggie Watts. Somebody I mentioned today. Reggie Watts, fantastic guy. He's got great hair. He's really buff right now. He lost a lot of weight. I don't know what happened in his life to spur that, but he's he looks great. Uh, he's on a Late Late Show right now. He was on Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show, before that ended on IFC. But he's a he makes a lot of insane out there music and uh, most of it's improv and he does, he does great stage shows and he's a very funny guy. And I, if you don't know who he is, you know, who Reggie Watts is, then you don't, you don't know what, uh, what good comedy music is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Reggie Watts is great, but I really, I really like him, but I'll do this next person next week. Cause he has a lot of shows. I really want to talk about it. Uh, so if you like the show, speaking of shows, if you like the show, you can always go to the website, www.http backslash backslash www.cpluscomedy.com for the latest news, reviews, features, interviews, and other good comedy bits that only I can provide you with. You can follow us on Twitter at cpluscomedy. Follow me on Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy to watch our premiere show, News Time, the premiere video show, the show that has more episodes than this show, times, I think, three. Yeah, times three plus. 
plus no times four. Oh my god times five times five no that can't be true what's five times three oh my god one fit yeah that is true i just <laughs> i'm looking at this tv right across from me it's black and i'm looking dead into my eyes and yeah it's times five anyway okay go watch it to uh, this week's episode talks more about the this writer thing and also movie passes back in the news they have a weird cancellation policy you have to wait nine months after you cancel it to sign back up again so there you go you'll find out why only on news time and this is the end of the episode goodbye